podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jay here from Stratford Paddock. This is Housen's Brew without Housen. And I've already noticed there's a few comments in here. But don't worry, we'll get to that in a minute. We've got Abdullah with me. You alright, bro? Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. it's good to be yeah. I know, look, well, like, don't see you for like 18 months and all of a sudden... Yeah can't get rid of you. And on the other yeah. side of the spectrum, I, don't, I see Steve every day and all of a sudden I can't do a video with him. Um, he will be back. He's having a bit of a breather from this channel. He's doing all his other stuff as well, Mr. Housen. So you can go and check him out on his um, real Ferdinand stuff with his own channel as well and with the Paddock FC stuff that he's doing. And we'll have him back on it later on. But yeah, just having a bit of a sabbatical. Um, Abdullah, you are with us and we're going to be talking about your favourite topic, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's had a lot of stick, um, but... It's like, it seems to be that more people are getting convinced that he's the right man for the job. Whereas in the past, there's, I mean, there's still doubters, but in the past there's been a lot of doubters or it's been a bit more divided, I feel, especially towards the end of last season when we did end that Europa League game and obviously finished empty-handed. But this season, I know it's only one game in, but the fact we've got a couple of signings, people just seem to, the fact he's kept Paul Pogba happy, does seem to have impressed a lot of people. Um, before we get into that, this is obviously live. Get involved in the comments. Let us know what you think about any of the topics we're going to discuss. And if you're not doing, subscribe as well. We're almost at 600,000 subscribers for the channel. Been on 500 odd thousand for about two years. So get to that 600,000 would be fantastic. It's going to happen soon. Let's make it happen now. Come on, get involved. Um, yeah, with, with Ollie, you've always been a, a big sort of supporter yeah. of him as manager. Do you feel like... More people are getting there. Do you feel like he is he is the sort of convincing some of the doubters? I mean, I know it's a bit difficult to say because we're only one game in, but in terms of the, the way he's assembling his squad, the sort of the fact that, as I said, Paul Pogba seems happy, he's getting the best out of Mason Greenwood and things like that. Do you think we are getting there with Ollie? Do you think there is still a big question mark, especially when it comes to trophies because he hasn't won one yet? I think there, there have, I've personally questioned Ollie and, uh, Ollie and I like him. Like I think what he's done so far at the club sort of just settled everything down a little bit. Um, there is improvement season by season. I think the last time I'd have really questioned him was in the Champions League. I think it was around the Istanbul period and there was another Premier League game around that. And I felt, what what I felt at the time was, I remember mentioning it on, on online and on Twitter was, you either buy a manager, it's a buy a manager, sorry, you buy players, world-class players to back Oli because he's done it in the big games. Like he's beaten Pep, he's beaten, you know, PSG on many occasions. So he's, he's done all of this stuff before and, and you know, he's faced against Chelsea. He's had decent games against Jurgen Klopp. So he clearly knows what he's doing at that at that level. Yeah. So, and I think when it comes to those teams lower in the league where they might sit back, I think there isn't enough sequences on the pitch to break teams down. There's and I've seen improvements of that gradually over the you know over the seasons with Oli. But I felt like he's at that you're at that perfect spot where you've just got to back him with world class players because you know mentally the players seem to you know really enjoy being under him. Like it's so different to Jose and obviously there's fans that. That like Jose, like United fans that like the way he, you know, managed Manchester United. But I felt like he understands the current era, you know, and how things need to be uh, with sort of the modern footballer. And I think it's, it's it's a perfect match currently for United. It's just with Oli, it's about taking it to the next level. You know, last season we made it to the final. This season you've got to go and win a trophy. You know, like I said, I like Oli, but you've got to go win a trophy with the quality you've got. And I think you've got a challenge for a title. And um, I think United are in a good place for that. You know, you've got players that will fight for the shirt, which is important. Um, no matter how, you know, nice a team looks on paper, you've got to have those players in the team as well. And I think United, when you look across the pitch, you really see that balance. You know, you go from Maguire into midfield, you have your McTominay's and you have, you know, those high energy players in Bruno Fernandes, but can also produce goals and assists. And I think when you look across the pitch, there's players that will fight for the shirt and are some of the best players in those positions. So, it's exciting times for United fans, and I think this is the time. This season, this is Oli season. This is everything's about Oli for me this season. Like, yeah. when those big games come back around, can he replicate what he's done in the past? But as well as that, go when we face those teams lower in the table, we shouldn't be having an issue. Starting off with this weekend, Southampton, we should be sweeping them. Shouldn't be a problem at all. You know, if we catch an injury or two now, we're stacked. You know, you got Mark Rashford come back. Is it October? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Paul Pogba starting left wing now. When he comes back, that adds you got extra depth. You got players challenging each other in the team. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting times for United fans. Like I'm, I'm buzzing, and th there's no one better to win 
a title with. And if you look across the, our squad, you know, you've got players that have come through our academy, you know, and Paul Pogba's, Marcus Trashford's. And then you've got a manager who's won the Champions League for Manchester United in 99 in the way that he did, um, you know, one of the legends at the club. So I think United are in a very good place. Um, and it's, it's just about Oli making sure, really, really go for a title challenge where by the end of it, even if you've not won it, you feel like we can, you know, we can add an extra player and then be that team in the league. And I, f- I think the Champions League's won as well. Like I want to see us in the semi-final of the Champions League because the best teams in Europe right now for me, bar PSG, are the English teams. Yeah. So I want to see us in that semi-final. We've got to be in that semi-final. You look at it, you look where Chelsea finished in the league and where we finished, and they won it. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why we couldn't have done a lot better. You mentioned the Istanbul game, which I kind of put out of my mind. <laughs> I'm yeah. being honest with you, but we beat PSG. We hammered Leipzig. We did the hard work. Yeah. It was almost impossible not to qualify once we got those results. And yet we managed it. With, To be honest with you, that Istanbul game is the one that stands out because they were so poor. That it was, team. It was, they, they got relegated so, in there. They nearly got relegated. Nearly got relegated. Sure Sorry, were, I thought they, were, they actually did get relegated. They, but they were awful. Well, man, the I bottom think. of the Turkish league, no disrespect to that league, but come on. Yeah. You're not. It's weird because like, when I, I was there when Manchester United out of the Champions United League. Playing. Like, I was there when United are playing and. I remember speaking, like I was watching the game and then I was speaking like English to this guy, just like where are you from and all this from Manchester. He was like, I don't know how we beat. He's like, we're playing awful in the league. Like we're in the bottom 10. Mate, Denver Bar looked like he's about 19 years old. And it's the fact it took us, we had that 45 minutes to, to break that team. Obviously, I, I don't want to be like negative and all this. Yeah, I don't want to dwell it's, on it's it just too much, how, but it was a big part how, of our season. What's important is that that stuff doesn't happen again, is that we're consistently, because it feels like you have these random dips that will kill the team for a bit, like, a week or so. But what Oli's done so well is that you snap straight back into it and you can, you can because of, I think that's because of the whole, you know, the squad, everyone getting along, you can see that. So when things go, when you get a bad result, the players will fight for the shit and the, they believe in the project. Clearly, you know, when players are spoken, you see Marcus Rashford after the Villarreal game, they do believe in what Oli's trying to do. Paul Pogba, there's a lot of questions about his future. People in and around the club or when, you know, we've seen in the athletics and stuff like that, everything's about him working hard. He's liking what Ollie's trying to do. And um, yeah, like you can't, I think if you, it's, it's a perfect match right now with the players, with the manager. And to make sure we don't fall back into those traps next season, I think it's just developing more in terms of the tactical side of the game. Um, you know, we can't just set up the same way every time. you got to have that, you know, you got to have that sort of, surprise element where you're turning up and then teams will expect you to play a certain way and, you, and, you, and you'll set up a different way and you'll beat them so yeah I think um, overall it's, I'm pretty happy with Oli and, and I can see us winning a trophy this season and going far on all fronts to be honest You made a lot of good points there what I liked what you said about there about snapping out of it under Oli I think that was one of Mourinho's problems is you know you go back to the Sevilla game I don't think he was ever the same after that I think that for I me agree. was a massive turning point for Jose Mourinho Manchester United to lose to Sevilla the way we did Go out of the Champions League is one thing. But for them, the managers to sort of say, well, we weren't going to win it anyway. He lost a lot of the fans then. He did. He, he, it was like, it felt like a bit of a sea change where you're like, what? What's he on about? I mean, this is a season as well. Don't forget, the Scousers went to the final. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, they finished below us in the league, but you're acting like, oh, we wouldn't have won it. And, you know, you, you want to be in these competitions thinking that you've got a chance and just sort of going out with a whimper to Sevilla you know, drawing away from home and then getting done at home and then coming out and saying that. I don't know, something, something it's seems weird, to change. It's weird because a lot of people... Because like, I used to like Josie as well, but I used to that's like when Josie I started questioning well. him a little bit more. It's weird because growing up, I just loved watching his Inter Milan team. Like Chelsea, again, you got to admire that team that he had. Very effective manager. Such an effective manager. And, and the things he's, he's done on the big stage, undoubtedly. But I think a lot of his supporters that for some reason still cling on to him from the United fans, they seem to spread this whole thing about he's a winner, this, this and that. But when after... At the end of the season, it was about, well, we finished in second place. That, that's You can't make those statements. Where, it, whereas Oli, Oli will go, there's still room to improve. I think we're happy with our progress. That's not used, that's, that shows for me that you, you really believe in the project and you're not just sat there moaning. Once in a while, you're throwing Pogba out the team or you're throwing this guy. And it's just, Oli's managed all these issues with, for example, Alexis Sanchez, with Chris Martin, all these players that have left the club and with Jesse Lingard, the uncertainty with him, with the West Ham thing, all of that has been dealt with way better than under Jose Mourinho. And anyone who denies that is just is just weird because we've seen we've seen how toxic kicking it at United, we've seen how the fans can be, how Jose can be. And I think 
like again it's just I've I've seen clear progress under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and I think some people who just don't want him to succeed or whatever or have this like level of agenda are just sort of just waiting for United to collapse which is, is which is weird and and I, I think at the end of the season, we'll pick up a big trophy. I, I believe this is the year uh, United can do it. Get involved in the comments, everyone. There was, um, there was a comment there, I think. Of, uh, yeah, there's one from Aditya. says, do you think that Oli's job will be safe, even if he just finishes top four without any trophies or some kind of title challenge? Do you think the Glazers will go, we've got Champions League football again. We're all right, we're up here. He's bringing in that revenue. You know, it's his third season on the trot, getting us into the Champions League. If we just get top four, we can live without a trophy. I'm talking by the Glazers now, not necessarily yeah. the fans, because the Glazers ultimately will make this decision. Do you think that he will be okay with that? Do you think that, that they'll say okay? We'll, we'll I think he'll you? stay. I think if yeah. he finishes top four again, Ali will stay. Yeah. I think simply because of the fact as well, even outside just the owners and looking from outside, we, we were speaking about how it's going to be English teams in it for the Champions League like towards the end. Like, this is the time, you know. So it's don't, don't get it twisted, right? This is the time to go for the Champions League. In my yeah. life, right, and probably in yours too, yeah. you, you, I can't remember a, a time when so many of Europe's top clubs were just well off the pace. Yeah, I agree. Like, this is the first time, honestly. You, like, you've always had football. a strong, very yeah. strong Barcelona team, a very strong Real Madrid team, a very strong Juve team. Then you've had another sort of dark horse that are very yeah. strong, like maybe that's an Atletico or it might be a, a, um, um, a Lazio or whoever. Dortmund. Or a Dortmund, yeah, like, good yeah. shout. Or, you know, Bayern Munich have always been very strong. Now, some of these teams have still got a lot of good players, but... The probably the top sort of in terms of quality of the top five teams in the world now probably at least three of them come from from yeah England. minimum I, f- I think if you if you're looking at squad quality you know the funds that these teams have got behind mm. them I think it's top four English teams that everyone's debating about who's going to win the league and then it's going to be a PSG or someone's in there um, and for me man like again it's, it's with with the whole finishing top four thing if we finish if for example we finish inside the top four. I think we're still going to be at a point where we would have challenged. I think this is going to be this. We say this every season, like, oh, this season, oh, everyone's going to challenge. But I think in terms of the circumstances, you've got Pep, who's been there for a long time now at Man City. Great coach. They've had, they've, they keep adding quality. They've added Jack Grealish in there. They're always going to be up there. Even with their downs, like last week, you'd expect them to hammer Norwich this weekend and then just go on a run. Um, Liverpool, you've got Jurgen Klopp, good tactician. Um, you still got consistent goal scorers and Mohamed Salah. Um, you got Sadio Mane, Jota. Like Firmino, they can those players can all have their moments alongside him. You got Virgil Van Dijk back. He might not be the same player, but you've also got the experience Henderson Firmino midfield. You got Liverpool to worry. Then you got United, who again Bruno over the last couple of seasons really hungry to win. Uh, Paul Pogba hungry to prove a point. You got younger players, Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho. Basically, there's th- when you look at those squads. There is this this season. I can see just like the, them top four teams dominating the league yeah. in the sense where I don't really see them dropping many points against the lower team. It's all about the big games, and that's why I said, can Oli replicate what he did in the last couple of years against the bigger sides when we've turned up at the Etihad and turned City over? Like we've hammered their goal in the first forty-five minutes. If you remember the last beautiful. thing Absolutely was on the, the last time we had fans in the Etihad. Yeah, United, was it the one where with the Marcus penalty? Marcus and the penalty, and Martial's, Martial's goal as so, well. If you look back, if you look at that game, you look at a couple of other big games where Oli's like got it spot on tactically, and United in transition um, are so good. And and I think if you can replicate that this season, I think United could become the favourites. Like we'll see it mid-season. It's just about United is ironing out the thing where we're falling off against these lower teams. Southampton this weekend, you got to slap them up. Weekend after, <laughs> slap them up. That's it, man. Three, four, that three, that four should goals. be all his, all his team talk. Go out there, and just slap them up. Yeah, <laughs> forget about all the tactics and all the analysis and all that nonsense. Just go out there and slap them up. Yeah, I think that's enough for Bruno and Pogba to know what they're doing. Anyway. I think they do that anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To be honest with you, um, this podcast is sponsored. It's a sponsored podcast by our friends at Manscaped, um, and now they've just launched Abdullah their fourth generation performance package. Eh? And I'm telling you, it, it, it is a performance package. Believe me, we've been testing it out, not in front of everyone, but I've took it home. And, <laughs> you know, I like to keep Mrs. J Morty happy by keeping myself, you know, tidy down there. Um, so we've, got, we've had a performance package from Manscaped. Big thanks to them. Um, and it's got the 4.0 lawnmower technology. Forget your 1.0 and your 2.0 and all that nonsense, yeah? <laughs> 
3.0, don't even get out of bed for that anymore, mate. 4.0, not lawnmower technology. Because, Abdullah, you look like a, a well-groomed man on facially. I don't know how you get on down there. We've never got that, <laughs> that close. But, I'm, you know what I mean? I, I assume that you take good care of yourself. Of course, um, yes. But it can be, I've had, you know, in the past, I like to shave my head and I've tried to do the same down there and I've had all, it's been a bit ropey. Do you know Horror what I mean? When you're, Horror using, show. you're using the old shaver and then your head and then you do now and there and you know what I mean? And you, you're in a bit of a rush and then you leave the razor on the side and your missus does the legs with it. You don't want to get into all that. Um, but thankfully, <laughs> with Manscaped, you don't have to do all that because the 4.0 technology keeps you nice and trim. It's got all sorts, mate. It's got everything. It's even no, got a light. No cuts and bruises. Well. No cuts and bruises. Yeah. Keeps you nice and clean. And you've also got, you're not just the shaver, the trimmer. There's fragrance as well. So you can smell nice. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you like, even if you're not going to sniff it yourself, if someone else is, you want it to smell nice, <laughs> don't you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's not somewhere you go, I'm going to minute, I'm But if someone, gives you, a bit of, if someone gives you a bit of feedback, you don't want yeah. them going, I'm going to minute, what's going on there, son? What have you been doing? Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> thankfully, Manscapes have got you covered and we've got you covered. There's a link in this description where you get 20% off and free shipping. I might need yeah? to get involved in that. I mean, I've listen, been looking for one. You don't, and you don't even need a code, right? Because sometimes we give you a code and then it's... Yeah. Mate, people want things instantaneously. We don't want to be typing out codes. Just let us click on a link. All right, then. We can do. So you can click on a link and it's absolutely... This is insane, this technology. The 4.0 ball trimmer. It's for, it, for my money, it's the best ball trimmer ever. And I don't say that lightly, trust me. Yeah? But you get 20% off. You get free shipping. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor. And it's got a multi-function on-off switch, yeah? Precision, an LED spotlight. Do you know the amount of times I've had to get the torch out on my phone and use that? It's ridiculous, bro. Honestly, it's a nightmare. I don't have to do that anymore, thanks to the new lawnmower technology with its LED light, with its 7,000 RPM motor, with all that stuff, with the package as well that gives you the fragrances and a bit of toner, so you're well looked after. It's precise, it smells nice, it keeps you clean, it looks after your balls. Yeah, so check out the link in the description and a big, big thanks to Manscaped and their 4.0 technology. Um, moving on. We've spoken about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We've spoken about how, as a fan, you're backing him. The big question was about are the, the, the owners backing him? Are they going to back him? That's what we were all talking about. Me and you were talking about at the back end of last season when we were feeling a bit deflated. And I was chatting to you after the Europa League final. Um, and it was a bit, you know, we're both a bit like, yeah. what's going on here? We need more. We need new signings. Now, what I've liked, I still think we're one short, but what I've liked about the signings that we've had this summer is it's not the squad that's been improved, it's the 11. Yeah. And I we agree. needed that for me. I feel like there's been way too, as a very good point you've made, because I think. It's been way too long where every season you go in, you look at the the Fred summer. I know he's done relatively well at times in patches and obviously he's got himself in the team right now. But that summer where you felt we finished 19 points behind Man City under Jose Mourinho, go out this summer, I close mean, that, that gap that, that, by with the way, starting players. It, 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 for want of a better expression... Like I respect the fact that Jose did, you know, difficult yeah. circumstances with his second, but it, it was shit. Yeah, it's it not was, a title it was bad. challenge. It was bad. It was like we lost. It's, it's, you know, it's the, the Sevilla game. It's the yeah. same season. It was and done. Like the title race was over when City beat us at Old Trafford in November, whenever it was December. Yeah, it was December. Yeah. Like there was no that we were just a distant second the throughout we, the rest of the season. We didn't so sign any. It didn't feel like players. a title challenge. Yeah, exactly, and it just felt it was done. Like that was it by mid-season. And again, no starting place. I think that was the most frustrating summer, I think, for United. Gradually, I think, under Raleigh, it's about what I've liked in terms of our transfer policy. I know we could, we should have got Jadon Sancho last summer. And then this summer, you should have got yourself a defensive midfielder, whether it's Declan Rice, maybe someone else. There aren't many in the market that are really going to be perfect for that role. And I think, yeah, we're far behind in terms of that, but we are signing starters, Harry Maguire. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, there are question marks sometimes with like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but he is a, a decent starting fullback for a, for a top Premier League side. And and if you can get someone up to speed like Delo to challenge him a bit, then you get the Just same sort of outcome. Don't want to touch it on, on your yeah. flow there, but where do you stand on Diogo Delo? Because yeah. he seems to become flavour of the month for a lot of people. Like They're like, oh, Delo deserves his chance. Um, I like him. I just, I just wondered, because it's weird with Delo. I think he does offer a lot going forward. 
I still have question marks about him defensively. For me, he still feels like a bit of a wing back or a winger playing at full yeah. back. I don't feel like he is a right I do back. feel I do feel with Diogo Delo it is a little bit of that. Yeah. But what I f- feel sorry for him in a sense where people have have this sort of opinion of Diogo Delo without actually watching enough football for yeah. him. And last season I did watch a fair few amount of like Milan games to tune in and, and see what yeah. he's done. I remember just watching one of the Europa League games, he was playing left back. He looked like Ronaldinho, like slap one bottom bins, like got some unbelievable outside the boot assist. I'm like, I like this. Yeah. And then mid-season, sort of not in the team enough at Milan. Towards the end of the season, I've seen much better performances. Plays for the Euros, I think was it the under-21 Euros, Portugal. I was Because I remember it was like live on YouTube. So I was just like watching it, just chilling. And I remember him having really good games. Like looked really dominant. Like he was taking authority on the ball, bringing the ball forward. I think he got bought in for that Belgium game in the Euros where they got knocked out of Portugal. And where I felt sorry for him in that game is the fact that with uh, Santos, is it the, Port- the Portugal manager, you can see the instructions were not to get beyond that right side and not to express himself. The issue with United, again, is people not watching him enough, is he's never had two or three games to, to really say, yeah, I'm going to take this place. Like I remember reading a message of someone that was chatting to me about him. I know this was like last year, Howie Odoli had 20 minutes in like in like three, four games or something like that. And I'm like, it's a joke, man. And you can be as talented as you can, but if you're not getting the the, the, the fair amount of opportunities, you, you can't prove yourself. And and I feel like it's, a, again, a route resting players. We spoke about this last week or the week before. Th- same thing with Bruno and, and Wan-Bissaka as well. There's loads of games to go around. There's cup games, there's European, dead rubber European games if you've already bypassed the group. There's times where... You need to rest Wan-Bissaka, let Delo have... Maybe if he comes out with a good performance, puts the pressure on uh, Wan-Bissaka. Because I feel like Jadon Sancho loves having an attacking right-back. Like, really, like, if you watch him and Hakimi, the combinations they had, I think the season they had Inter Milan in the group stage, Dortmund, I think they unlocked them in like the last 10 minutes through like Hakimi just attacking the space, then Jadon Sancho getting a goal. And then the, the final goal, I think he slipped Hakimi and then they scored. And he, he always needs your right. He always needs his right back to sort of join him in attack to take away the defender. And um, Wambasaka's got to do that. And and he has improved in, in, in some of his game. But again, the low Wambasaka is just about giving game time, resting Wambasaka where he can, and giving him enough tame game time for the low to to prove himself and, and provide as an option. Um, just in the comments, here, Jed Loveday says, "Is Murtha, uh, Murtha, sorry, and Fletcher um, uh, this summer?" Good. I think he's saying that they involved this summer. As far as I can, as far as I know, they're not. I don't think they've been involved in the Sancho or the Varane deals. I think that's sort of they've already been. I think it's Woodward or whoever has, has been dealing with those. And I think it's after this summer that, that Mercer and uh, Fletcher get involved properly in terms of deals or making anything like that. I don't think that's that's they've had anything to do with that. I think the Sancho deal was obviously in the pipeline for a long time, um, going back to. Last summer, United hoping to, that Dortmund would lower the price. Dortmund wanted 120 million euros, I think it was 120 million quid, 132 million euros, I think. United there was something on United the, it. what they were doing with, I think when they were meeting the players, was showing them sort of what, what they're going to be doing at the club and what United can offer them in terms of the project. So apart, I've, I've read something about them getting involved in that side of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Obviously with the transfers talks, I know I was like, Fletcher seems like a football man. Like he really likes the game. We've seen him at Sky on Sky and and whatnot speaking. Um, and yeah, again, it's it's the whole thing with trusting Ollie with who who he's bringing around him and and you can't doubt him so far. I feel that there's a level of progress with United and hopefully that you know if they are involved that we continue to to do what we're doing yeah. next next summer. Yeah, I think they might. You know, like you say, they're involved. Obviously, they're working. They're, they're doing stuff. I don't yeah. think they've been involved in the transfers yet. Yeah. But hopefully that can move forward. Uh, we'll start with Jaden Sancho and then we'll move on to Rafael Varane because Sancho was obviously the saga that never ended. It was yeah. going on from like last summer. At one point it looked like it was going to get over the line and then United, I think for United bid last summer, to be honest with you. I think United were hoping or waiting for a signal from Dortmund they were going to lower the price. Dortmund did, um, the, as we, spoke to, we spoke to some experts from Germany and um, I think we spoke to Patrick Berger and Florian Plettenberg and a few others last summer and Christian Falk as, as well. Um, and the general sort of thinking was with Dortmund that when they weighed it up, it was like, we can afford to get less for Jadon Sancho if we keep him this year. We can afford to get less next year, sorry, if we keep him this year and he helps us get Champions League football, which is exactly what he did. 
He yeah. carried them towards that. I think they finished third in the end, yeah, didn't they? Did, yeah. um, towards the end of the season when he came back from his injury. Also picked up a German Cup as well. So without him there, you know, you can say, well, they could have brought in someone else. Would that have happened? I'm not so sure it would have. So it made sense from their point of view to hold out because the Champions League can be worth 60, 70 million for him. For, for you, sorry. They then get 73 million quid for him the next summer. And also, I think with Dortmund, they walk this sort of fine line with the young players because their sort of method of working is they bring in young players the likes of Jaden Sancho, the likes of Jude Bellingham, the likes of Erling Haaland. They have them for a few years and then usually they move them on. And they have to keep them happy and they have to send out a message to other young players as well that if you can come here, you can be nurtured, you can be successful and then when you want to move, we'll let you go. Because if you're sending out messages of you come here, you play for us and we don't let you go, then other young players are going to think, I don't think Dortmund's a place for me. So they have to get that balance where you're saying like, Yes, we're not going to get our pants pulled down in terms of transfer fees, and we do want good transfer fees, but we're also not going to keep players against their will. So I feel like this summer, everything lined up for Jane and Sancho to move. He'd give him that extra year. They've got Champions League football. They want to send out that message. And also, let's not kid ourselves, 73 million quid isn't, it's not pennies. It's still a decent yeah. amount of wedge um, for, um, for, for, for that for that club who rely on that sort of revenue as well yeah. because they've had a tough time of it in they're terms of They're making that COVID. money with, with the Champions League as well. Like you said, if they're making that Champions League place, um, they needed to keep him essentially. that It was really tight in that top four race in, in the Bundesliga. Um, so yeah, I think, again, it's, it's frustrating with the Jadon Sancho thing how it did take that long, but when you look at the circumstances, you've basically spent 100 and, was it, 13 mil for... Varane and Sancho rather than spend £120 million or whatever. That well, you want to... Like, listen, we can all just add the caveat. We all hate the Glazers and we think they should be spending more of our money, it's ours, not theirs, on transfers. But if there is a budget there that they're saying that's all he's got, you have to face that. If we'd have got... You have to a, work around Yeah, that, if we'd have spent £120 million on Jadon Sancho, we probably wouldn't have got Varane. Yeah. Because it, the Glazers... We would have, would, have, would have had a very, very quiet summer. And also, we needed... Either for me, and you may disagree, I'll ask you now, another CDM or a, a centre back. You you had to do one or the other. Ideally, I, do both. I, I would have but said, you couldn't have done neither. I would have preferred a defensive midfielder this season. Even with Varane available. But this is where the thing is if Varane's available, centre back, I've, everyone admires. And like when you watch what he's done from the moment he stepped foot in Real Madrid, making his debut against Barcelona, scoring having big Champions League nights, big nights for, for France as well in the big competitions. You've just got to go for that opportunity, for that prize. Yeah. And he looks he looks like he wants to be here. Like it's the same it's this thing with the the whole everything aligning. Like you're getting big players, but in the past you got your De Maria's and, and a couple of others. Do they really, really want to be here? Like is Manchester United, they look at it and be like, I want to be winning with Manchester United. Yeah. And I don't. I never used to get that with all the players we signed. With some of the players right now we signed, it's about we're close. We're, we're near that. You know, we're near, we're near getting to that Premier League, getting to that Champions League. I want to be part of you know taking us there, and and I seem to get a better vibe off our current players. Um, it's such an exciting when you look right at the United now, yeah. team. It's such an exciting strong team. team man. It's a strong and it's an exciting team. You look at like, like the players you've got. You got Bruno Fernandes, who's just numbers are just phenomenal. Just in the, even in your wildest imagination, you didn't, I didn't think when he'd, he'd come in. Yeah. I, don't, I keep going back to it, but you remember it well. The Burnley game, we lost 2-0. Yeah, that's horrible. You know, someone said to me, we're going to buy Bruno Fernandes. He's going to score all these goals, get all these assists and take you into the Champions League. I told you, you're crazy. Bruno was someone like around that period I'd known about for like a couple of seasons. I think yeah. I remember doing um, some research for Steve on his channel a couple of years back where he was uh, for the number 10s um, video. I remember at the time looking at his numbers and he was almost playing like the second striker sort of stuff yeah. that he was doing against Leeds that we're seeing on the weekend. But I never thought he'd replicate. I thought, you know, if he brings half of these numbers, that's unbelievable. I didn't think he'd replicate what he was doing at Sporting. Um, and with Bruno, it's, it's, the, it's the whole like high energy, it's the whole vibe that he brings in terms of, you know, that intensity on the pitch, you know, trying to like you know dying for the ball you see that with his tackle numbers as well always relatively decent for an attacking player when I look at them and just the whole approach that he has to, to, to playing for Manchester United it's very very important to have that across the pitch now that I have had issues with Bruno in terms of like sometimes his game isn't clean enough like the passes are a bit off like I remember the game at Anfield last season 
overhitting the passes, um, Pogba in the same game as well, too slow on the ball. You, you can have these games, but I think this is where you bring the balance. When Jaden Sancho, because we were just speaking about Sancho now, like you bring Jaden Sancho in, you've essentially got three different creators. You got Pogba, I know the first time ball into Bruno. Yeah, it was a first time, it was a quick ball, but he doesn't do that enough. Like he's more someone like he likes to see the pitch a bit more, like see runners, like see options. You maybe get a bit more of that in international uh, football, or if you're getting that, you know, deeper in the pitch and a lot more of like the Lindelof position, or if you're picking it up that deep off the centre half. But with Pogba, when you're in the final third, you've got to be quick, and sometimes he can just take a bit of time to find a runner. Then you've got Bruno, who's high risk. He can overhit a ball. He can, but it does come off from time to time. I think Jaden Sancho is a lot cleaner than that. He's more like driving into the area, 50-50. He'll probably lose it on a dribble, but if he doesn't and he gets into the area, we've seen what he's done at Dortmund. Yeah, it's just tapping business. Like he'll just put it across goal. Do, and you, hard do you know what though? That's what we've been crying out for. Abdul. That's what I want to see. People it's, taking risks, taking chances, attacking the. It's full the back. balance, isn't it? Do you know what oh. I mean? Like I don't want to see players. You know. I mean, people say, oh, well, you can't compare, but you can compare. The great United players, the great United attackers, you know, have always took risks. You and lose the ball. Yeah, you lose, you lose the, the ball, ball because man. you take risks. I get that. I understand that. And, you know, it's part part of the game. But when it does come off, you get a goal out of it. I think it's, I mean? it's having that across the pitch, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, when we had Marcus Rashford, a lot of the stick that he won before when he was fit, like, a lot of the stick that he was getting, even at the best games that he was having, in my opinion, was, oh, he's lost the ball a bit too much. He's done... And I think the issue is, is because he was the one trying that, like, if you look at before that back injury, before Bruno had come in, he was getting a lot of stick at the start of that season and that middle period where he was just smacking City, Spurs, like, all that. He was taking risks as well as doing that. Like, he was dribbling at players. Like, you've got to have that across the pitch. And I think because he was the only one doing that and when it didn't come off, you're like, oh, whatever. But then everyone's passing sideways, everyone's doing that. And I think with the United now, you've got players that are willing to take risks, but the opportunity, the chances of those risks coming off are right now really high because you've got a variety across the pitch. You know, we're talking about one of the best young strikers in Mason Greenwood. You're talking about, you know, a forward who's at 23, has put up incredible numbers in an injured season, 35 plus goals and assists in Marcus Rashford. Talking about Paul Pogba, you know, established himself as one of the best, you know, the best midfielders in Europe. Yes, there's question marks and consistency and whatnot but still a great player. We've seen that against Leeds. Bruno Fernandes, again, the same thing. So, Jadon Sancho, like, Manchester United now look for me ready to go for it. And I think, again, it's the balance of, you've got the nice part of it, you've also need those guys to do the dirty work and those guys to be horrible on the team. And I think you've got that, man. You've got, you got your McTominay's, you've got your Fred's, you've got Harry Maguire's. Even though people have question marks over McTominay and Fred, for example, sometimes you need that balance. You can't just have it all, like, big names, yeah, I don't. I, I get that, and you know, you do need a, you know, like you say, the the sort of the, the ones that did and integrated up. The water carriers, one of a better expression. Yeah. Um, my only sort of worry there is, you know, when you need two of them in there. Yeah, I don't agree games, with both it, starting. It, it's no. it's a bit it's a bit much, especially against some of the lo- lower teams, especially when Marcus comes back and you've got to find a way to get Marcus, Jalen Sancho, Mason Greenwood, Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, and then Fred in the team. It's too much. Something's got to give, and yeah. you saying, "All right, then, Marcus or Jack, well, you're not going to drop it in Sanato, I don't think. But is Marcus maybe going to have to sit out, or do you, do you rotate it with with someone like Mason? I don't know. Um, just in the comments, uh, Jed Loveday says, um, "View on Cavani, um, October Tudman. I'm not sure. Oh, there's an international break. Sorry, in October." So he might have to isolate um, Cavani. Yeah, miss, maybe missing Cavani um, after the international break. Um, your thoughts on that? I mean, is that a major concern? It is a concern because I feel like there's games where you're definitely going to need him to come into this yeah. team. Um, we've seen that in the same fixture last season. Was it against Southampton? Comes in on you know half time, bags a couple goals, sets up one. So uh, yeah, it is a concern definitely. Um, I think with Marcus Marcus Rashford, that's around the time he'll be you know coming back. There was stuff going around. I don't know how the jury was about him. By the end of September, you know, training in a few weeks. So that could relieve United of the pressure. Because I feel like with Marcus Rashford, a lot of people, like if you mention the centre forward thing, they'll just flip the table and go, no way, like he can't play up front. But, you know, that Leipzig game, Newcastle game away from home when he slipped Bruno Fernandes in, scores a goal. Those last five minutes against Newcastle were yeah. amazing. Yeah, best I don't want Bissaka's goal, mate. Yeah, one. he set him up as well, didn't he? Cool. Uh, Marcus. So 
I feel like with Marcus Rashford, if Cavani's out due to these like situations, he's another option there because. So you're with, still not giving up? Well, you're obviously you're still not giving yeah. up on Marcus down the middle. No, I, I think he's you got to see him as an option because he's had really good games there. Like we're talking about the games that just happened last season, you know, where supposedly injured. So the, if you all bring it, if you got three elite creators behind him, and his job is more getting into those dangerous areas in between the, the lines. And less of the, a lot of the time for him, it's about him carrying the pot, the ball and taking on the mantle and then doing a bit too much, in my opinion. But for me, he's got that quality now. He's improved in front of goal a lot more. He's having a lot less chances. Yes, he can miss here and there, but he, his head's, he always gets his head back down and then he's back on it. Brighton last season, Newcastle, those run of games. Liverpool at home, when he got, you know, when he got uh, moved from the right to the left, had one chance that whole game, slotted it away with his left foot. People seem to forget that he, is, he can be a very dangerous finisher. And it's, it's that variety, man. It's the headache. Having that headache is really good for United right now. It's being able to... It reminds me of the, the sort of the golden era under Fergie um, when you had options, when you had players like, you know, obviously we talk about Ole. Ole didn't always start for Manchester United. He was yeah. a sub. He's obviously subbing the Champions League final. Teddy Sheringham was subbing the Champions played League right final. Played right and left sometimes. Yeah, played on the right well, wing. Yeah. I think I remember seeing him play there a few times, especially in the 2002-2003 season. Nicky Butt didn't always start. Nicky Butt was a club legend. Didn't he always start the games when, when everyone was fit? Same with Davin Fletcher, G. Sun Park. You know, you had these players. You had Berbatov, Tevez, Ronaldo, really yeah. at once. And Berbatov yeah. was like no joke at the time. That's what I mean, mate. People forget that. Like, Nani wasn't a first teamer for a big chunk of his, his time at United. You look at the City team, like, if we're looking at current football, those options when they had Sané, Sterling, you had then you bring in Mares and whatnot, and you had Bernardo Silva. You need these options, and I think you need players to push each other um, to improve their game and take it to the next level. And I think we've seen that with Alex Tellers and the Luke Shaw situation, didn't we? Um, someone's saying here about Martial, um, asking about Martial. Let's talk about because I think they're a bit upset that we're talking about um, Rashford and not Andy Martial. Martial, just touching on that. I mean, obviously, you know, we've raved about Martial for quite a while on this channel, especially you and, well, especially you and uh, you have as well. Um, he didn't have a great season last season. There's no point in sugarcoating it, but still feel there's a player there that can do a job for Manchester United. I feel like with Martial, it's a bit of a weird one with him because there was that, that was it, post-lockdown form where he just coming in and you're like, this is it, this is Martial. Now, this is do the you know what was great about that as well is Bruno Pogba, Pogba came back, obviously, from injury. Bruno was flying. And then you had Martial just banging him in. He obviously yeah. got his hat-trick against Sheffield United. Just looked on fire. Do you know what I mean? He sort of picked up a bit of the slack as well because before the lockdown, it had all been about Marcus. Then Marcus, his, his goal-scoring form tailed off a little bit. Martial was just flying. I think he ended up the season with 23 goals, which is obviously yeah. a good return. I thought... 17 non-penalty goals, I think. That's amazing. That. I thought next season he's going to kick on and get even more as he gets a little bit I thought that was well. it. I thought something but had clicked. It just didn't quite happen, did it? I thought season. that was it. It clicked for him. And the reason, obviously, I'm not mentioning that, it actually did slip my mind, like, talking about him, is because I feel I'm, a, I'm currently a bit worried with this situation. Like, I think he might... If we look at this Everton game in pre-season, like, he, come up, he comes out with the ball and then you're just like, usually he can, you know, beat the man there and, and on the dribble he just looks so slow no. so sluggish so the, whether it's with this groin injury that, that came back a couple of times yeah. that's affected him it's changed him I don't feel like in this current setup he really gets in ahead of Mason and I feel like if you've got Cavani coming back you've got Marcus coming back he's got to get that he's got to get himself up to that fitness again up to the level again that he was that post lockdown and he's getting on to that age now I think players can blow up at a certain period in their career. And that's why I'm always like, you know, with players giving them enough of a chance. But was he 25 now, Martial? Yeah, I think he is 25. I mean, he's not... You he's, know. Not, he's not old. And, and like I said, he can, he, can, he can find himself again. But again, there's no indication for me that he will get back on that. I think until you show me that indication, I can go then. Do you know what yeah, I was thinking with Martial? Do. do you know when Sanchez came in? And I remember, I think, I can't remember if it was you who did it. I think it was Webber. Did the radio show that we used to do, you know, over at uh, XS? Yeah. Phone yeah. Yeah, was shooting the phone in that. And I spoke about Andy Marshall and I said he's got to force his way back into his team. That's how you do it. You make it sort of, you make yourself undroppable because no matter what, this is when Jose was manager. Jose Mar Mourinho will want to win football matches and if he thinks he's got a better chance of winning them with you playing 
over Alexis Sanchez. He'll pick you. And Martial did that. He forced his way back in with his performances, got himself back into the team, and then got himself as the number nine because Ollie yeah. looked at him and gone, you know what? Lukaku, Sanchez is gone. Lukaku's gone. Not gone, but, you know, I don't fancy him. You're my man. And that's what maybe he needs to do again. He's got to force it because I think if everyone's fit, I don't think Anthony Martial starts. I just don't think Ollie does pick him. I think the likes of Mason Greenwood, Edison Cavani, um, down the middle are, are probably ahead of him in the pecking order. On the left, I think if everyone's fit, either Paul Pobre or Marcus Rashford is probably preferred. And I think on the right, it's now Jaden Sancho. I think main. it's the issue with, Mar- with Martial is you've got a, se- a section of fans who, like, I like the guy when he stormed onto the scene with United and I wanted him to do well and, and I was a fan of him in that period. But you've got to get real sometimes. And I feel like I sub- always support him. Oh, and I want him to do well. I think he's got a level of talent. But you've got to go when you've got this. When you get any op- any opportunity right now, you've got to go and take it. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you. And, and he gets like he gets. There's no indication of that for me. He's right? got to take right it. now. There isn't an indication that he's going to go out there and absolutely boss it. Like a couple of dribbles here and there are not going to cut it. I think at United, and no. I mean the same goes to everyone on that pitch. Like regardless, whether it Martial, Sancho, Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood, I want to see goals. And I feel and I it's about keeping the same energy, they, man. When people have got to remember, though, with yeah. competition now places, everyone's got to step up. Marcus, when he comes back from his injury, if United are flying, he's got to, he's got to fight but, his way back But the thing the is team. with Marcus, for example, like, it's again, he's, he's got to fight. Like I said, everyone's involved, but he had 35 plus goals and assists. And I think that section of fans last season, if Martial replicated, did the same thing with injuries, with all, with all the stuff in the round, like people would be shoving that down like Marcus throat. Oh, he's rubbish. He's this. He's that. And I think it's about keeping the same energy. And, and that's why I dislike about some of our fans. Yeah. Like everyone has their like player that the, the, their favorite player. Like there's no hiding it. Like Marcus Rashford is one of my favorite players. I think he's got a unbelievable future. A, a man who loves you the way that Abdullah loves Marcus Rashford, and I'm all about. I've got uh, Marcus is probably my favorite player. To be I know Martial FC are just going to absolutely murder me. No, I think you can. I've had death threats. I like to have a news debate, and I like I like Tony. I'm listening. Anyone who scores against the Scousers on his debut gets my I love Martial for the rest of his life. I'm not going to lie to you. Fan base. One of my best moments post Fergie's been. You know, you look at the Everton semi final. It's fantastic. But but we do. You know. You can't just live off past glories. You have to That's keep going. Saying, you have man. to keep producing the numbers. And if you've got a season where you score four Premier League goals... He has to give me you something. Have to, you, have, you have to you kick have to show on, me you can't five, going, six games. Well, look what I did a few years ago. And I'd be the same if Marcus had four Premier yeah. League goals last season. I'd be, I'd be saying the same about him. You know, yeah. if we're going to have a title challenge, we need players to step up. Um, Evie, or Ivy says, what do you think of Donny van der Beek's future? I think it's a difficult one, man. Like, again, we've spoken about on the pitch for United, you're not always going to get in ahead of like your yeah. Paul Pogba's and, and whatnot in midfield. I think you, I could I could see him like coming into this midfield too, and forcing himself in there. You know, with the you know the level of fitness that supposedly he's getting himself to. You know, training in the gym and whatnot, getting physically ready for the how the Premier League really is. For example, if going away to Southampton, do you need a Fred and McTominay? Could we see him coming into that type of game? And for me, if he can't get into to the team in that sort of game where it's not high energy where they don't overload the midfield the way Leeds do and they're not in your face as much and you can settle on the ball a bit more if you can't get into was the it team sa- that, yeah, it was Southampton play. play last season wasn't it and he had a good game he did have a good game I think that was probably his best game in the United he played in the diamond I think yeah. that and the, the Istanbul at home when he played in the pivot yeah. and they're both in the pivot like they, they're both in the defensive midfield area and I think he was in a diamond in that Southampton game but again I think that's the only way where I can see Donny come in. If he can, if he can play fifteen to twenty games a season and make a difference, then he can be part of a you know a successful United squad, hopefully. And that will show you know you're getting a player who was fantastic in a Champions League run for Ajax, having a run of uh, games, you know, fifteen to twenty. That means you've got quality ahead of him, and you're not just forcing him to the team every time. Um, but we'll have to assess it at the end of the season. You know? Like I said, this 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 one's a big one on the weekend in terms of assessing the Donny van der Beek situation. Because if you can't get into the team when this is the type of game you're playing, then you know wh- when are you going to play, really? I know. This is the thing with Donny van der Beek. It's a weird one because you know he didn't get on in at all. He didn't get off the bench in the Europa League final. The biggest game there, the, the one where you want to win a trophy, he, wasn't, he didn't feature. Um, at the weekend, I thought he might get on against Leeds. He didn't. Um, he did play against Burnley, Burnley. Um, in the midweek behind closed doors game, which I managed to get a little bit of a snippet of. Um, and it looked like he was getting stuck in. 
Do you know what I mean? It was a physical game, but he was getting stuck right in there. And that's maybe what there's been a little bit of question marks about. Does he have the physicality for the Premier League? But I think he has got, he has added that a little bit to his game. That's not the be-all and end-all. You don't just do weights and then you're good enough to play for Manchester United. But... He, he, if you've got you know, the on the ball quality yeah, and you have and that, yeah exactly that's my point uh, Baggers you put uh, something on the screen before didn't you about players that are going to miss the um, yeah sorry there, there was we were talking earlier about the international break um, and I think it's, it's some of the South American players in the Premier League could end up missing out we talk about maybe Edinson Cavani could be one of those that misses out and we know there's obviously you know a lot of the teams in the Premier League now especially near the top end of the Premier League have players playing um internationally in South America. So if you look at it, um, you've got... I'm just, I'm just reading this off the screen. Sorry, can you make that You make that bigger or whatever? Or, yeah, so I can just read it all. I'll just scroll down a little bit. Or Yeah, so you got... I mean, looking at the, the, the ones that matter, Chelsea could miss Thiago Silva. Um, Leeds could miss Rafinha. Liverpool could miss Alisson, Fabinho, Firmino. Wow. Um, City could miss, miss Jesus and Edison. We could obviously miss Fred and Cavani. Um I mean, the Reds, and it's Spurs. Are these like, are they like Fred, World Cup really... qualifiers, these? What is this? Is this a... Yeah. And that's a problem, isn't it? Oh, United and Liverpool, they could miss that. So, Liverpool miss Liverpool Fabinho and Alisson, and we miss Cavani. And who's, for them, who's, it's, who's it's making the World there? Cup. It's making the World Cup, isn't it? Like, they, 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 you know, it's like how the country fans are going to react to it. Like, how how's everyone, you know, internationally going to react to it? You know, everyone from Brazil, like, they're not turning up for international games when we're trying to go for the you yeah. know qualify for the World Cup. The same goes across all those players. Um one thing we didn't mention was that Liverpool have, you know, Sadio Mane, Salah going, is it the African Cup of Nations and Jan? I'm pretty sure it is this year. Right. Because okay. that, that is huge. Let me double check African Cup of Nations twenty twenty two, is it in that January? Could be huge. That could be massive. Yeah, so yeah in January is. you've got that I mean well, it almost goes under the radar a little bit, I think, Liverpool, how important their attackers are. Because everyone was just mad on Van Dijk watch, and when he got watch injured. Watch Salah, ever. like, last uh, week. Like, and it's just like, you're guaranteed with them lot to get yeah. 50, 60 goals a season out of him. You're always going to be on a, on a, on a, have a good chance, sorry, of a title challenge when you've got those sort of numbers from your attackers. I think you Sa- this could be Salah's best. Like, he could have, he might have not had his best season yet. You know, he's entering his prime. I think he's twenty nine. Like pains me to pains so. me to say that. Uh, here's a good question for yeah, you it's gonna be from A. Jill. He says, "Lindelof CDM." This one keeps coming up. I keep getting asked this a lot on live videos that we're on. No, <laughs> I, I said this. I mean, like a couple of years it's ago. Just stupid, to play man. devil's advocate, the reason people say this about Victor Lindelof is he can pick a pass out. He yeah. did it for Bruno's hat trick. But that, his that's third pa- his third goal was a fantastic. That's because of where he plays. Like. I, I actually really like Victor Lindelof. Like we've spoken about this the last couple of seasons. He's probably the third, the best third option you can have. John Shin in the comments says, Phil Jones, CDM, you heard it here first. He was I don't, good there. I don't know what time it <laughs> is in, in New York, John, but if he started drinking. Um, he was no good there in 2013. No disrespect to Phil Jones, though, he gets he? a lot of state, but come on, let's be realistic. Um, go on, yeah, sorry. He had, he, had the, he had the world, he had the Bernabeu in 2013. Phil Jones? Yeah, DM. Yeah. He did. Yeah, him he and very, Michael Carrick really holding did. it down. Didn't he get, I think he injured himself in between the return leg, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he didn't play in the second. Yeah. I, I mean, it was Tom Cleverley and someone else. Who'd have thunk it, eh? We're actually looking at the, the <laughs> loss of Phil Jones as the reason that we didn't get past Real Madrid. Um, and that awful decision by the referee, man. I've still not yeah. got over that. The nanny yeah. sending off. Disgusting. That was emotional. Should but, be ashamed um, of yourself. Yeah, in terms of the Lindelof thing, I just think... This is including Laporte, by the way. I think United have the best adoption centre-back in the league. Over the last couple of seasons, I I would have preferred, as mad as it sounds, like Lindelof over Laporte. Because when Laporte's come in, he stank up the show when I've watched City recently. Right. And I think when you look at these passes last season, Marcus Rashford twice, he had the Sheffield game, he had the Granada game, yep. where he just splits the defence and we were in difficult situations in those games. If it was 1-1 and the other one was 0-0. And both times, Marcus gets onto it, bags it. Lindelof, unbelievable ball over Great the top. Great little passes over the top. Same with the Bruno one. I was just watching like the All Access thing on United's YouTube before I'd come here, and I'd just seen the angle from behind. The reason that happens, though, is because he has so much time in that area of the pitch. In midfield, you've got to be more than just a passer. And are you going to get the same opportunity? opportunities in terms of the time to pick that pass out because teams are going to leave their striker up there. You're not going to get... If you're not playing a proper press inside or the, the game's died out a bit and your centre-back's getting a lot more time to progress, 
they if they got the quality that Lindelof does with a pass or Maguire as well, like with the ball carrying, you will get oppor- opportunities from your centre half. But can can Lindelof do that in midfield? I don't think so because midfield's more than just a passing. It's you gotta be compa- you gotta be combative. You gotta you know gotta have that high energy, that intensity, and I just think people just get it off the whole passing thing in it, like. Because he can pass, yeah. But you're not going to get the same. I don't. I think. I think. It, I don't. I. I think it'd be a massive gamble and, and shock if Oli all of a sudden went right. We're going to start playing Victor Lindelof as our CDM, or even gave him a chance. That I don't. I don't see it happening. To be honest with you, um, Abdullah. Before we wrap up, just tell people what you've been up to because you've got a few things going on, haven't you? Yeah. So I just started um, a channel called Pure Ball. It's just general football. Pure not ball or pure ball? No, pure ball. Pure ball. Pure okay, ball. You better say pure. You man no, can't. Pure ball. <laughs> pure ball. Right. Um, <laughs> right, go on. Pure ball. Yeah, so we've got pure ball. Uh, just me and a couple of friends just starting yeah. it up. Just obviously getting in front of the camera. For, you know, to be fair, after the first the first video coming back, a few people like where you're at and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, it was a bit of a push to, to get some content out there. And got Joe McGrath, hopefully... You know, going to be doing a podcast together with him as well, and, and get some of the, the regulars on here as well. And then I was have about a chat. to say, like you've you've asked yeah. Joe McGrath, but you've not. I, I, I must have yeah. missed the text where you said, "Jay, do you want to come and come on pure ball, man?" Like oh, <laughs> your wages are too high. Jay. Wages. Already, we all know, know that I don't have any wages, so that's a lie for starters. <laughs> and certainly not compared to Joe radio friendly <laughs> McGrath. Hey, tell you what, his invoice yeah. comes in four envelopes. <laughs> hey, so um, sorry if you don't want me. It's fine. No, don't, you, mate. You were like the first guest on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We invited to the post. Um, so where can people find this? So yeah, if you just search Pure Ball on YouTube, it'll yeah. start the first channel that pops up. Um, well, or hit up with the name, then, mate. Yeah. Hey. Just, no, no one's got that name. Yeah, go Locked and check it out. Um, we'll, we'll we'll try and find it. We'll try and get a link in the world. We will. We'll get a link in the description. I'll, for fi- it. I'll fire a, yeah, a text to um, Alex, and, and we'll we'll do a little, we'll do it, a little tweet yeah. as well. We'll put a link in the tweet so you can go and check out um, Pure Ball. Yeah. With, Loads uh, to come this season though. Like I'm gonna be on obviously on Paddock every week. You're right, you are, you want it or not, mate? Coming on here, banging on about <laughs> Joe McGrath and Pure Ball. You can come and talk to us about football. <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure you're checking out Abdullah Pure Ball. And talking of Pure Balls, you can look after your balls with Manscaped, keep them pure with the 4.0 technology. There's a link in the description there. You get 20% off terms and conditions apply, and you get free shipping. So a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this show. Abdul will be back soon. I'll be back as well. Make sure you're checking out all the other videos on the channel. I've got that video I spoke about earlier where, you know, if you missing a bit of your United fix, you can go and check out the behind the scenes um, or the behind closed doors game. Burnley, we were there for that one. Uh, we'll also have the preview coming up for the Southampton game and we'll have transfer view over the weekend. And then this weekend, it's United versus Southampton or Southampton versus United, if you want to get technical. Um, so we'll have the watch along and the fan cams and all that stuff from there. So make sure you are hitting subscribe. Get us to 600,000 subscribers. We're almost there. We're just a few hundred away so hopefully we'll do it over this weekend that's been Abdullah Abba J this has been Housen's Brew who will be back he's not gone forever thanks for watching Sports Social Podcast Network